Some church leaders see critical race theory as one of the biggest threats to the church today. Yes. What is it? How does it impact the gospel? And is it helping to alleviate racial division? Yeah, today on Creation Magazine Live, a biblical and scientific perspective on racism, skin shade, CRT, intersectionality, wokeism, and the reconciling gospel of Jesus Christ. Get ready for another faith-building audio podcast brought to you by your friends at creation.com. Welcome to Creation Magazine Live. I'm Richard Fangrad. And I'm Alexander Osborne. Our main subject both today and next week is racism, and we'll specifically address critical race theory yes. and its many related topics. This is a huge, complex topic, so please understand that we're only going to scratch the surface even after spreading it across two half-hour episodes. Right, yeah, so consider this an introduction to the basic yeah. issues. And we'll also link these issues to Genesis and the implications for racism that come out of either biblical creation or evolution. Right, and we'll reveal some of the nonsense and bad logic associated with CRT. Yeah, and there's, there's a lot of it. Yeah. But this is a serious issue for Christians. It is, And yeah. if CRT continues to infiltrate the church, we'll have a devastating effect. Vody Bauckham, in his, uh, in his book, Fault Lines, the Social Justice Movement and Evangelicalism's Looming Catastrophe, says, I wish I could say that this book is meant to help us avoid the impending catastrophe. However, it is not. This catastrophe is unavoidable. These fault lines are so deeply entrenched and the rules of engagement so perilously complex that the question is not if, but when the catastrophe will strike. In fact, the ground is already shaking, relationships are being ruined, careers are being destroyed, and entire denominations are in danger of being derailed. Wow. wow. Yeah. So what is it about critical race theory that he's so afraid of? Yeah. A definition of CRT will help you see his concern. For that, we'll turn to Dr. Carol Swain, the brilliant former professor of political science and law at Vanderbilt University, author of 11 books, and an expert on critical race theory, American politics, and race relations. She says this, Critical race theory is an analytical framework to analyze institutions and culture. Its purpose is to divide the world into white oppressors and non-white victims. Right. Instead of traditional forms of knowledge, it holds up personal narratives of marginalized minority victim groups, blacks, Hispanics, Asians, as evidence, considered irrefutably by its nature, of the dishonesty of their mostly white heterosexual oppressors. Now, did, did you catch that? CRT is about division. That's right. And Pastor Bauckham is seeing it dividing people. Mm -hmm. Also, it's far more than just an analytical tool. That's right. yeah. It makes it's definite statements. Yes, it's, it's really a worldview based on clear assumptions. Here's four of them. There are others, but number one, racism is ingrained in society. That's just assumed. Number two, racism has been redefined so that individual racists are no longer required. Now, that's, that's likely a curious statement yeah. to some of you. We'll explain that in, in a few minutes here. Number three, CRT exists to examine power structures, which are mm. assumed, again, a priori. And number four, power structures are identified based on white privilege and white supremacy. Mm. Now, the talk there of power structures reveals the Marxist or neo-Marxist underpinnings of this philosophy. Yeah. There, there are these, these power structures in society and they're the problem, they need to be overthrown, and, and 
we will touch on some of these today and going into next week. Right. But, but the bottom line is CRT is analyzing the problem of racism, which does exist. Yes. But it analyzes it based on faulty assumptions. Right. There yeah. are other ways, biblically faithful ways, to analyze racism that produce far better results than critical race theory. Yeah, the problem is it's hard to even discuss or debate the assumptions behind CRT. Yeah. Woe to anyone who offers data to challenge or correct some of these assumptions. That's right. And, and so for those of you who would describe yourselves as woke or anti-racist, can we beg you, please stick with us as we present the other side to wokeness. You'll be better informed and, and therefore better able to draw conclusions even if you end up disagreeing with us. Right, that's right. Let's discuss these four aspects of CRT. Looking at number one, often people who challenge the assumption that racism is ingrained in society get canceled. Right. Yep. There's no discussion of ideas, it's a fingers in the ears, I, I don't want to hear it attitude that's, that's not helpful to making progress no. against racism. Uh, for example, Professor Stephen Sue interviewed an expert on police shootings who debunked the CRT myths about white officers disproportionately targeting non-whites. And the next thing he knew, he was forced to resign. He, he was the president yeah. of research and innovation at Michigan State University, forced to resign for doing research. Yeah, and, and there are many examples like this where people get canceled for even critiquing the CRT narrative. Mm -hmm. For example, Portland State University professor Bruce Gilley faced international ridicule for starting a critiques of BLM reading group. It's like the first rule of CRT is don't question CRT and then no, no critical thinking allowed for critical race theory. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. On the subject of fatal officer-involved shootings, the facts and the data reveals no systemic racial discrimination. Now, if you're shocked by that, you've been influenced by the CRT narrative yeah. that most of the media promotes. Yeah. And there's more than one study that supports the opposite of what CRT assumes. That's For right. example, Roland Fryer, professor of economics at Harvard University, found that on the most extreme use of force, officer-involved shootings, we find no racial differences in either the raw data or when contextual factors are taken into account. Now, Professor Fryer was surprised himself by his own findings. That's right. And a National Academy of Sciences study also faced huge backlash for its findings. The authors said this, We find no evidence of anti-black or anti-Hispanic disparities across shootings, and white officers are not more likely to shoot minority civilians than non-white officers. Vody Bakum commented, Their study was attacked immediately as racist. Hmm. One researcher was demoted from his position at Michigan State University for citing it. Eventually, the authors retracted their study, though it was peer-reviewed, and they still stand behind their findings. Moreover, the findings mirror those of a similar study in 2015. Crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah. Racism exists. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, there isn't 100%. going to be real progress made towards solutions if the media keeps pumping out the CRT narrative, and it's not allowed to be debated, even with empirical research. Not helpful. Uh, no, right? and in addition to studies that have been done that contradict the CRT assumption of racist police officers, 
It's also clarifying to look at the details behind individual high-profile cases where blacks were killed in confrontations with police. Right. Some of these sparked massive violent riots. Thousands of people were injured and more than two dozen killed. And there were billions of dollars in damage to both homes and businesses. Yeah, Chapter 3 of Fault Lines reveals details in cases, uh, for example, of George Floyd, Tamir Rice, Michael Brown, Breonna Taylor, and others. The way the events actually unfolded in these cases is often very different from what most people believe happened. Thank you, mainstream media. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and look, God condemns injustice. Yes. But he also condemns falsehoods and lies. In Proverbs 6, 16 to 19, God says this, There are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him, haughty eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that make haste to run to evil, a false witness who breathes out lies, and one who sows discord among brothers. Now, the, the falsehoods surrounding the CRT culture produce every one of those seven things. Right, right, yeah, and those falsehoods need to be confronted. That's right. To understand critical race theory, you need to know the lingo. Yes. You may think you know what racism is, but CRT has hijacked that term and is trying to refashion it to their worldview. Yes, yeah. The standard definition of racism that, that all of you could likely construct right now would be something like giving advantage or disadvantage to people based on the color of their skin, right? right. Yeah. I mean, dictionary definition is going to be longer than that and more detailed, but there's a distilled version of it. Right, and Vodibacham quotes leading CRT author Robin DeAngelo explaining what she wants the definition of racism to be. She says this, In the post-civil rights era, we have been taught that racists are mean people who intentionally dislike others because of their race. Racists are immoral. Then Bauckham writes, however, she explains that this antiquated definition is no longer acceptable. For her and other leaders of the anti-racist cult, the definition of racism is much broader. Today's definition eschews the individual proscriptions of the past, arguing instead that racism is this, a far-reaching system that functions independently from the intentions or self-images of individual actors. In other words, today we have racism without racists. Now, there's far more complexity in yeah. the CRT definition of racism that we won't get into, but just be aware that the term racist doesn't mean the same thing to today's woke social justice warrior. Yeah, and that's not all. There's the term anti-racist, which does not mean not racist as you might think it would. Yes, yeah. Again, we'll turn to fault lines to shed light on CRT's meaning of anti-racist. Beginning with a quote from another uh, CRT leader, Ibram Kendi, what is the problem with being not racist, asked Kendi, in How to Be Anti-Racist? It is a claim that signifies neutrality. I am not racist, but neither am I aggressively against racism. But there is no neutrality in the racism struggle, he writes. The opposite of racist isn't not racist, it is anti-racist. Right, then Bauckham writes, in other words, anti-racism means more than simply being against racism. The new definition adds a dimension of activism. The anti-racist, therefore, is the one who does the work of exposing, combating, and reversing the ubiquitous influences of racism in the past, present, and future. And future. That's right. <laughs> it is not enough for white Christians to examine their hearts and lives to see whether they stand guilty, which they do, 
They must also examine the attitudes and actions of their ancestors, which, according to anti-racist cosmology, includes all white people. Yeah, amazing. Okay, so here you thought you weren't a racist because you treat all people equally regardless of the shade of their skin. But then along comes critical race theory, redefining terms, and presto, if you're white and not doing the work of anti-racism, shame on you, you're now a racist. I can think of a meme what? for this. <laughs> you keep using the horn. And no, it doesn't mean what they think it means. No, but they're trying really hard to redefine yeah. it that way, right? But let's go deeper down the rabbit hole. It's because of their redefinition of racist that they can say things like, only white people are racist. Right, it, it, can you see how uh, that makes sense in their way of seeing the world? Mm -hmm. Here we get into assumptions three and four. Power structures exist. They are identified based on white privilege and white supremacy. Right, and in order to understand those, we need to understand how CRT ranks people. Mm -hmm. Your rank determines how valuable your opinion is. It's right. called intersectionality. Here's Ben Shapiro to explain it. You probably think your opinions matter. You probably think you're an individual with unique experiences, thoughts, and ambitions. Well, I hate to break it to you, but according to current leftist orthodoxy, you're wrong. You see, your opinion only matters relative to your identity and where that identity ranks on the hierarchy of intersectionality. If you're now thinking, what the hell are you talking about? You haven't spent much time on a modern college campus. Intersectionality is a form of identity politics in which the value of your opinion depends on how many victim groups you belong to. At the bottom of the totem pole is the person everybody loves to hate, the straight white male. And who's at the top? Well, it's very hard to say because new groups claim victim status all the time. No one can keep track. So, how does this intersectionality thing play out? Something like this. Let's say you're a gay white woman. Your opinion matters, but less than that of a gay black woman. Why? Because while all women are oppressed by the patriarchy and all gays are oppressed by the heterosexual majority, blacks have a victim status that whites obviously don't. Of course, a gay black woman's victim status is less than that of a black trans woman who ranks below a black Muslim trans woman, and so on. The more memberships you can claim in oppressed groups, the more aggrieved you are and the higher you rank. Get it? Good, because it's about to get even more complicated. Intersectionality takes your victim status and uses it as the basis for creating alliances with other victim groups. 30 or 40 years ago, activists encouraged racial solidarity among blacks to combat oppression. But today, that's not enough. Today's activists demand blacks make common cause with other allegedly oppressed people, gays, lesbians, transgenders, Palestinians, Native Americans, whomever. Here's the logic. A black gay and a Hispanic gay may not belong to the same victim group racially, but they do belong to the same victim group on the basis of their sexuality. By focusing on the places where various victim identities intersect, intersectionality creates a united us versus them paradigm. Righteous victims rising up together to fight the oppressor, those dreaded straight white men. Finally, and most important, intersectionality promotes the biggest hoax of all that we aren't individuals who are to be judged on the basis of how we act, but are merely members of groups to be judged on the basis of our group identity. In other words, you and I as individuals with our unique experiences, thoughts, and ambitions count for nothing. Our racial and sexual identity count for everything. It's hard to imagine an idea less likely to produce a free and equal America than that. But what do I know? I'm just a straight white male. We're straight white males, so for these episodes, should we have two black hosts? It wouldn't make a difference. 
your intersectionality ranking doesn't matter if you accept Christian or, or even conservative views, right. views that don't conform to woke ideology. Right, so it wouldn't matter if we had black hosts sitting here discussing this instead. Right, because we're bringing in data that doesn't conform to CRT. Right, and here's a shocking example of exactly that. The woke consider the civil rights movement of years ago, and Martin Luther King Jr., who was obviously black, yeah. they consider it a sham because it taught that black and white people were equal. Yes. CRT says they're not, because of white privilege, right? Yeah. Dr. King said this. I have a dream. My poor little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. And it could be argued that that very noble dream was largely achieved. Since Dr. King's speech, people of all skin shades have arisen to fill all levels of society, including the President of the United States, yeah. because of the content of their character and their talents and their abilities. And wokeism and CRT has taken us backwards in race relations. People are now being judged not by the content of their character, but by the color of their skin. Yeah, skin color. Yeah. Amazing. White people are racist, and people of color cannot be racist. Now, all of this falls apart when we apply some facts, and we'll, we'll show you. Okay, do you, do you see these different colors? Here's different colors here. Yeah, yeah well, let's put them up on the screen. Okay, we'll put them up on the screen. All right, look, which of these is white and which is black? None of them. They're all shades of blue. Exactly. Now, for reference, we can add black and white swatches. There you go. Now, let's do this again, but with people. According to CRT, you can spot racists by the color of their skin. Right. Remember, white people are racist, people of color cannot be racist. Which of these people are white and which are black? Okay, well, none of them. They're all shades of brown. That's right. There are no white people and there are no black people. All right, so wait a minute. <laughs> if they're all just shades of brown, then we're all people of color. And there aren't any racists. <laughs> <laughs> so we just ended racism. Yeah, hooray Since us. there are no white people, and according to CRT, only white people can be racist. But it's not that simple, is it? No, no, of course not. We're just pointing out an inconsistency yeah. here. If we're all on, on the spectrum, literally, mm -hmm. then where do the woke determine who has white privilege, right? Where do you draw that line between who's racist and who isn't? Do we put it down here or here? Like, where? Really, it ought to be here. But then there are no people to the left of that line. Right, there's a smooth gradation of skin tones globally from light to dark. The biological fact is that no one is white. Yeah, makeup companies often have pictures like this showing how their range of light and dark makeup appears on different shades of skin, mm -hmm. from light brown to dark brown, but not including black or white. Now, there are people and many living things that are albino. Right. That's yeah. caused by a genetic mutation that stops the production of melanin. The pigment that we all have that determines the color of our skin, eyes, and hair. Right. But no one is saying that only those people with albinism are racist because they're so white. <laughs> yeah. In reality, anybody could be racist yes. regardless of their skin shade. Right. But, I mean, we're all sinners, right? 
So to try to get around this inconsistency, CRT says that whiteness is defined as a mentality that is most often practiced by white people. Right, but they're still discriminating based on biology. Right. They pass immediate judgment based on external appearance. Yes. If you have light skin, that's biology. You're labeled as white, you're evil, and you need to repent of your whiteness. Yeah, Coca-Cola was encouraging their employees to be less white, remember right, yeah. that? Now, whiteness is applied to light-skinned people with no consideration of that individual's background. Yeah. I mean, did they grow up poor? Did they, did they endure trials and roadblocks to their progress growing up? None of that matters. Right, and, and it works the other way too, right? Like yes. if you have yeah. darker skin, CRT says you've been oppressed. Yeah. Even if yeah. your parents were successful in business or culture and you grew up in the lap of luxury. Yeah, regardless, CRT tries to link biology to their racially discriminatory system but the biology doesn't support it. Right, and it's interesting that the Bible doesn't support a biological basis for racism either. That's true. Race yep. is a social construct. Biologically, we're all one race with variation. Here's Vody Bauckham's description of it. Race is actually a social construct. The concept of race is not a biblical concept. It's not a biblical idea. It is a constructed idea. You won't find the idea of races in the Bible unless you find it in the proper historical context where we see, number one, that we are all the race of Adam. Amen? One race, one blood. We are all the race of Adam. There is less than a 0.2% genetic difference between any of us in this regard. In fact, we're not even different colors. Amen. Technically, from a genetic perspective, from a biochemistry perspective, we're all actually the same color. Our color comes from our melanin. We've all got melanin just to differing degrees. So it's not that some of us are, you know, this color, some of us are that color, some of, no, we're just different shades of the same color. Some of us just have more melanin than others. And I want you to listen to me on this. Listen to me. Just because you don't have as much melanin as I do, don't you dare think God doesn't love you as much as he loves me because he gave me more. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Now, you, you used the word variations of mm -hmm. humans there. I mean, that, maybe we, should, we ought to swap that word in place of the word diversity. Right, right? And, and it seems like a small change, but yeah. diversity is from the word diverse or different. The notion yeah. of difference is what the term highlights, right. right? Like understanding that we're all one race, it's more biblically proper to refer to variations of humans. Right, yeah, and those variations are minor. Vodi Baca mentioned a 0.2% genetic difference between any two people on Earth. Yeah. Only 6% of that, so a minuscule 0.012%, can be linked to racial categories. We're all very closely related. Yeah, and, and to illustrate, we had an article in Creation Magazine years ago that shocked people. It was about two very close friends, Bill Kulbura and Snow Wilson. They met when they were 19 in the Australian Army. Both Snow and Bill believe that their shared experiences in combat are why they're such close friends. When Bill was suffering kidney failure, Snow offered him one of his own kidneys. It is well known that to minimize the risk of rejection problems with transplanted organs, 
one needs to have the closest possible match between the donated tissue and one's own. Right, yeah. The best chance of finding such a close match is usually from among one's close relatives. Yeah, long story short, Snow's kidney was a great match, an excellent match for wow. Bill, and that shocked people. Yeah. How can an organ from a very white person possibly be a good tissue match for a very black person? It's because all humans are one very genetically close race. That's right. We're all relatives, descendants from one family surviving the Great Flood around 4,500 years ago. Yeah, a biblical world and life view, once again, provides the best explanation for why humans are so close genetically. Right, and the evolutionary view gets it wrong again. A again. Darwin <laughs> especially got it very wrong. Darwin assumed that the different races evolved at different speeds and that Whites evolved faster than non-whites, so they're more civilized. Yeah, isn't it about time that he got canceled? About time. Let, yeah, like, I know, like, right? Why hasn't the left canceled him? Well, and creationists yeah. have been pointing out his racism for decades. Yeah. yeah. The full title of his book is On the Origin of Species by Natural Selection, or the, here it is, Preservation of Favored Races in the Struggle for Life. Favorite races? Yeah. Cancel that nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what Darwin wrote in his book, The Descent of Man. At some future period, not very distant as measured by centuries, the civilized races of man will almost certainly exterminate and replace the savage races throughout the world. At the same time, the anthropomorphous apes, now he's referring to people here, will no doubt be exterminated. The break between man and his nearest allies will then be wider, for it will intervene between man in a more civilized state, as we may hope even than the Caucasian, and some ape as low as the baboon, instead of as now between the Negro or Australian and the gorilla. Well, that's pathetic. Wow. Truly yeah. pathetic. Racism was around before Darwin, but it was based more on nationalities, right. like the Irish race, the Italian race, the Spanish race. But with the growing acceptance of Darwinian evolution came a huge increase in racism based on skin shade, right. since it seemed to provide a scientific justification for labeling darker-skinned people as less human. Okay, our time is gone. We'll pick it up here next week. Yeah, now we've already introduced some of the concepts. Next week we'll add some more details to that and draw conclusions. So far we've briefly, briefly described and defined critical race theory and intersectionality, uh, the woke's attempt to change the meaning of the words racist and anti-racist, and their rejection of the civil rights movement's strategy to reduce racism by saying that all humans are equal. And, by the way, that's God's perspective, too. Yes. All people come from Adam and Eve. And more recently, Noah's family. We're all one blood. And we're all made in God's image, and therefore all equally valuable. CRT, on the other hand, seeks to bring division between skin shades, not unity. Yes. It's at odds with both the civil rights movement and the Bible. Yeah, and we talked about the massive problem CRT has with biology. They discriminate based on biology, but there aren't white or black people biologically, so the foundation of their labeling system here, is, is where there's white privilege and white fragility and white this and white that, is, is shaky, to say the least. Right, and we also contrasted the biblical depiction of all humans coming from a single family not long ago to Darwin's ideas, and this is where we'll continue next week. All right, we'll see you next week. And remember, Christianity is an evidence-based faith. And science supports scripture. 
Both the Creation Magazine Live TV show and this podcast are produced by Creation Ministries International, a global think tank organization dedicated to disseminating the huge amount of scientific evidence for the accuracy of the biblical account of the origin of our universe. If you'd like to donate to keep this information coming, go to creation.com donate. And thanks for listening.